0: Hey everybody, this is Teresa millies and you're listening to Ninth Arcana, a tarot podcast. Today I've got a bonus episode for you. Back in January, three friends of mine started a podcast. They have owned a coffee company for about 10 years. I've worked with them for about a year and I've known them for almost the entire time they've had this coffee company. The podcast is called No Bad Reviews. They look up the history of a coffee, they try it, and they give it no bad reviews. A couple weeks ago, they had me on to talk about tarot and pull some cards from a coffee-themed tarot deck. Jenny and Marcus and Steph do hilarious episodes. You have to go check them out. But right now, here's our episode.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Modest Coffee. Single origin coffee without the snobbery. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what coffees they're roasting today. Cheers.
2: Welcome to No Bad Reviews, colon, a Coffee Podcast. This is a podcast where four friends, co-workers, and coffee industry professionals get together every week. Well, get together this week. That's right. Mm-hmm. You heard me. We have four. Yeah. We have our coworker and friend. Well, I would say friend first, co-worker second, Teresa. Aw. With That's us true. today. Hey friends. Teresa, I have to say, is probably one of the most important people at the coffee business because guess what? Packaging is so important. It has to look good. And Teresa makes it look good.
0: I put the labels on. Mm-hmm. It's how mm-hmm. you know what coffee you're buying. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: right. And you it's know an if important. you want to buy it. It's important. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, I'm Jenny and I run all the operations at that coffee company.
1: You're looking at me. Is it my Who's
2: going to go? I this is like a talking. stare down. Whoever, win, whoever wins the blinking I contest lost. gets to go.
1: Steph looked at me and I crumbled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Marcus and um, I'm your creature of habit <laughs> for today.
3: I'm Stephanie. I did not prepare a funny intro. It happened so fast. It was like three, two, and then I wasn't <laughs> ready.
0: I'm Teresa Millies. I run a podcast. Which is called Ninth Arcana Tarot Podcast. It's um, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Wednesdays and Fridays until I run out of the deck, which was probably gonna be in July 2022.
1: And in addition to being working at Modest Coffee and running the podcast Ninth Arcana,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're also an incredibly talented and accomplished artist. material artist. Yeah, right? materials. Yeah, thanks, prefer- for it. Yeah. So I mean, I know you know we're plugging the the podcast, but you're also yeah. so like talented as well in like other. Facets of your life.
0: Thanks. I'm a fiber artist. I crochet, I quilt, I do needlework. I do. I'm a postmodern needlewoman, is what I like. <laughs> just yeah. Busy. Just I make busy, stuff. Busy. I'm working on my own tarot deck at the moment, and that's collage, and that's fun. Amazing. Yeah. I was,
2: I was just talking to somebody about that collage deck yesterday. In fact, I think it's really cool. Thanks. Wow. Um, you said tarot.
0: It's in my bag.
4: What's what oh, is yeah. tarot?
2: Yeah. Why would we have somebody huh. who has a tarot podcast on? I yeah. can tell you why. Marcus was like, let's bring Teresa on for the candy corn episode because, you know, that's kind of witchy. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I don't think, like, that is the right, like, use of her witchiness or whatever. <laughs> I was like, I just, because the coffee was called witches Brew. And I was like, this just feels like uh not right i started googling coffee tarot and i found this deck of coffee tarot cards um so today's episode is actually going to be a little bit different but also i think it's going to be really fun to change it up instead of trying a coffee we're going to try a coffee tarot deck and Teresa's is going to give us a little reading what yep, yep yeah
1: i didn't even know that i thought we were just drinking coffee
2: well we drink like normal well we're just drinking coffee like normal but are we going to do olfactory reveal on the deck uh, we'll have to we'll mm-hmm. have to find some sort of like way to do that. Yeah. We'll smell the cards. Why not? Yes. I always smell the All right, cards. I'm excited. Do you? Yeah. All right. Then it's a thing. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, well before we get started, um, do we have any clarifications?
1: Oh, I do. Oh speaking of fucking witches brew, I meant to talk about this last week. So, okay. Yeah. So I'm oh, excited. Oh, this
2: is so funny. Yeah. So do we want to say we this? Totally
1: do. Absolutely okay. do. Because it's factually accurate to happen. We're journalists.
2: I think didn't I tell you? Something? <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: so, uh, yeah shortly after buying the coffee, then we got a response from the owner of
2: <gasps> but it went to our Jarvie. spam folder, so I didn't know until like two weeks ago, oh, oh my God, I forgot about this, but so, yes,
1: so he reached out to us did go to our spam folder, and apparently, evidently, in addition to selling coffee, he is selling coffee businesses, <laughs> so um, He's said, like, hey saw your <laughs> saw your domain. And, uh, yeah, if you're interested in buying the Witch's Brew business, Jarvie,
3: he's like, (laughs) it's yours. Name your price. Did he, I mean, (laughs) did he throw a
2: number out there? No,
1: he was just like, hey... You know,
2: you should lowball them. see what happens. Oh God! <laughs> How about this? You start filling bags of flavored coffee without oh. complaining. No, no, I'm just I don't kidding. To do <laughs> that,
3: oh yeah, Steph, that not do you that. for sure. you right. sure about that? Steph's no. like, go buy the business. <laughs> right. no. I just thought it would be funny to <laughs> uh, say you owned it, but you're right. I don't want anything to do with this. Never mind. I don't, yeah. don't want to be Forget in the
0: warehouse it. when you brew flavored coffee.
4: No. No.
3: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Gross. So I'm just kidding, Steph. You can
2: complain about it any day. I don't mind. I do complain a lot.
1: So, in case you were wondering, guys, that. That um yep you, you might be able to get more than just coffee at Jarby's. You might be able to get the whole package.
2: Whole shebang. Wow.
1: Whole shebang. Just thought I'd share. Yeah. Hello. That's a good clarification.
2: One. That's a good clarification. That was fun.
3: Um I don't have any clarifications. I did get yelled at by a couple people cool. After really? the third wave episode. Why? Um, Because you asked what I knew about Third Wave Ska, and I said nothing. But <laughs> apparently in the 90s, I went to a bunch of Ska parties. Oh. <laughs> I did. How the fuck do you not remember those Ska parties? I don't, like, maybe they were it was fun? the drugs? Yeah. Like, was there <laughs> even a band there? I remember a guy with a nitrous tank. Is that the party you're talking about? But I guess I knew something about Ska 30 That's years so funny. ago. Okay, and it was so really remember
1: fun. Remember where you came from. Really um, fun. Yeah, that's, that's right. the moral of that story. Yeah, you know, you just got reminded.
2: <laughs> I heard a Wawa party. Uh, I heard a first wave ska Christmas song yesterday. Aww. I was like, maybe I need to come out with a, a ska Christmas playlist next. Oh, nice! <laughs> yes, you definitely should. No, that sounds painful. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Definitely go and rate us on your podcasting app. And if you leave us a review, like a text review, that's even better. Also, go tell a friend. We would like to see everybody listening.
1: You know, what actually, I would just be fine just you telling your neighbor, like, that's it. We just want to be big in Aurora. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I would be big everywhere. We could start in Aurora. Did you know that we are on the food charts in Hong Kong as well as Slovakia now?
1: I mean, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, we're already big international. I want to be big local. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think we are already pretty big local. Um, and then also, you can support us on patreon.com and buymeacoffee.com slash pod. Also, you can buy merch because it's time to get cold. So it's time for you to get warm with merch. Also, I would suggest that you head over to Ninth Arcana podcast and give that a listen and a follow. I think it's interesting, even if you're not a big tarot person. It has some really interesting content, and if you're interested in learning more about tarot, Teresa pulls a card and then she talks about the card. It's like nice and to the point, and which Teresa I think is cool.
1: Has the I love how you edit that podcast, and your voice is just like. Butter. butter.
0: Thank you. So
2: smooth. You know, I try. You have a very good radio voice. (laughs) Thank Thank you. you.
0: The Uh, episodes are quick. If you hate it, it's only seven minutes.
2: Yeah. If you're interested in learning a little bit about tarot, or if you are interested in tarot already and want to take a deeper dive. A journey. Mm
0: -hmm. That's the way I like to learn. I'm a bullet point girl. Mm -hmm. If I want to know about one thing, I learn about the one thing. I don't want to know everything around it need to know the one card oh
1: i fucking love that about your episodes too you're like i don't know you go google it i'm not fucking fucking doing that shit for you if i you're like i
0: looked it up i'll put the uh, the link into the show notes. But if I didn't, you're fine. You know how to Google. Yeah, you
2: can yeah. I love that. It's okay. Well, it's nice because it's like you're like, I'm here for this one purpose and right. I'm going to stay on topic. Yeah,
0: I'm not your mom. Figure yeah. it
3: out. <laughs> we should really learn from that
2: because that's all over the place.
3: Are we going to be tasting something We're
2: today? We're going to be licking the deck. Yeah. The, about- I hear that's the best way to get your energy in What today. are we trying today? We're trying a coffee tarot deck.
1: You're like an expert now.
2: You wrote a book on tarot, right? (laughs) I went to the fucking university of Wikipedia (laughs) and I got a degree in tarot cards. So tarot cards originally actually were a game. So like way back like fourteen hundreds, fifteen hundreds, like card games were really popular and tarot was particularly popular. So it was like um like poker. Kind of. So it's actually, a, it's like a called a trick taking game. So think like uh, spades, uh, bridge. Yeah, any game where like a round goes around, and whoever wins the round takes that takes the book, and then uh, that like somehow adds up to points later. So um, there used to actually be like right nowadays we think of like playing cards, and you just think of your standard bicycle deck. But back in the day, there used to be like tons and tons of different types of. Decks of cards. Ooh. The deck we use right now actually was standardized. Um, I think it was a French deck. The Bicycle deck was a French deck, and it became standardized because it was so easy to print. Like the printing presses could, it could easily uh-huh. be maneuvered. Um, but back in the day before the printing press, people would have decks of cards commissioned. So they would have artists come and they would paint these, hand paint all of these decks of cards. Aww. Where tarot actually completely originated is hard for them to know because. One, not very many of these decks from that time period have survived because you figure they're paper, they're hand-painted, and they were meant to be played. So there's, like, three surviving, I think, complete decks from Italy. Yeah, like the earliest decks. Um, And they're scattered at different museums around the world. But tarot, taroki was what it was called in Italy. And then tarot is actually a French word. Maybe tarot originated in that area in like Italy, but it also could have been that it came from up from the Middle East, and there's just no real records of it. Because by the time they started having records of tarot decks, the game of tarot was really well, like there was a lot of different rules, and it was really well established. So the Italian deck had the four suits, cups, swords, batons, and coins. So those were like your number cards, you know, your diamonds, your clubs, etc., and, you know, compared to the bicycle deck. Then they had um, four face cards, king, queen, knight. So that's different. Are you talking about like the OG? Yeah. So this is just like the standardized tarot deck. Then they also had the knave. That's the jack. So the addition of the knight is an additional face card. Your total was 56 cards. Then they had 21 trump cards.
0: Trump comes from the word Triumph. Oh, so they're triumph cards. Interesting, like Uno. You need a. There are the wild cards.
4: Oh.
2: Three decks have survived from the fifteenth century. Those cards were made out of paper. They're hand painted. These decks were often. They were commissioned by wealthy families because only Naturally. wealthy families. Yeah, exactly. Could pay, pay somebody to do all that painting. The Visconti Sforza tarot. Mm-hmm. That's one of the decks that survived. Your trump cards, highest to lowest: sun, moon, star temperance death traitor old man wheel of fortune did you know pat sajak was a part of this yeah. <laughs> yeah fortitude chariot justice love pope i like that all those are above the pope like the pope's like kind of far down um the emperor the popess the empress the mount back mount bank mount That's a swindler for those of you who don't speak old-timey language. (laughs) And followed by the Fool. Um, There's another older deck. It's called the Visconti Tarot. Uh, That one was a little different. It had six face cards, but only like three different types. But it had a female and a male version for each one. So that was cool. Mm. Um, They think that deck might have been a little bit earlier before there was a standardization. Or it could have been that wealthy family been like, oh, hey, I want to have this deck a little bit different.
0: I know a lot about the Visconti. Can I tell you about the Visconti? Yeah, go ahead. Um, So the Visconti was, it was commissioned in 1440 by an aristocrat for his daughter's wedding. Yeah. So he commissioned an artist named Bimbo, and the deck was attributed to, like, his workshop. So everybody who worked with him worked on the deck. It was all gold leaf. It was all on paper. Uh And it was, it wasn't meant to be played because it was gold. Yeah. But it was meant to be like, look how much money we have that we can do this. Mm Mm-hmm. The existing deck is at Yale University, and it's missing four cards. The Devil, the Tower, the Three of Swords, and the Knight of Wands, I think? The Knight of one of them. Okay. And the theory is that those were lost because they're used in witchcraft and
2: spells. Oh, so some Mm. witchy person came along and took them. Yep. Mm. So that is
0: the oldest record of a deck that is set up in the tarot design. Okay.
2: That's cool. Cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Do, Happy do,
1: Christmas, do, everybody! I fucking love this shit.
2: Yeah, I know it's so interesting. It was super like, like the further I went down the rabbit hole, like the further I felt like I was in a rabbit hole. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it gets darker and darker. I was really fascinated by the fact that they started out as playing cards. Mm-hmm. To me, it feels a little sacrilegious to play tarot cards. I guess because tarot cards, as I view them, maybe that's just because of my experience with them. They they have Like a different vibe, right? It's like playing, uh, I don't know, jacks with like crucifixes or something. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, we we see tarot cards as like art now. Mm -hmm. It's art collecting. Yeah. So it's hard to think of that as something like, you know, the playing card decks are in like a drawer somewhere. Mm -hmm. Nobody's tarot cards are really in a drawer somewhere.
2: Right.
1: Right. They're like...
2: Except for my tarot card deck that's upstairs in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Your first deck is in a drawer somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I have an entire shelf dedicated. Yeah, that's dedicated. true. Yours are going to be on display. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but it does feel sort of like, you know, like sacrosanct or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
4: They should cards? be treated.
0: There's a whole mythology around the cards that, um, like, when you, you have to be gifted a deck. And there's a reason for that, too, that I can rant about. But you have to be gifted your first deck, and you sleep with it under your pillow. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to read cards, you have to give your first 100 readings for free because, like, you're giving the energy to the universe so that you can get it back. It's like power. It's all bullshit. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) like,
2: as you're talking, I'm like, that sounds like bullshit to me. It's all,
0: they're pieces of paper. Like rules. Right. Yeah. So, like, as people in our 40s in this culture... Like, we've gone through the Satanic Panic. We've gone through the 90s gath movement. Like, we've seen tarot cards move from, like, an evil thing that you don't want in your house to Furby decks.
4: Yeah. (laughs) So,
0: like, the thinking about them as something that was mundane is is just hard to think about. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to describe them as something as mundane. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. So the French guy that used tarot, that's my heading (laughs) in my notes. (laughs) (laughs) As far as I could find, tarot was used as a game. I'm just talking about like written history, right? So and then there was a manuscript in 1750 in France that described a 62-card deck um, The Taroko Bolognese, if I'm remembering how to pronounce things. delicious. I know, right?
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm hungry.
2: Um, and this was uh, from the 15th century being used as fortune-telling. So this is like the first written history. Doesn't mean that's the first actual history. Cartomancy, that's the, the word for using cards for divination. Mm-hmm. It was on fire in France. Like Everybody was totally into it. By the 1780s, the people in France... They had their own deck of cards as the Tarot of Marseille. Uh, this was super popular for card playing at the time. And then they started using it. They were like, well, we already got our own deck. Let's start doing some fortune telling. This movement was led by the French occultist Jean Baptiste Alliette. He also wrote a book about how tarot was like an ancient Egyptian thing about fortune telling, which actually like they think was actually kind of bullshit. It wasn't actually like an ancient Egyptian thing. And this I found a lot in my research is that you would get these people who are like super into it and then they would like sell shit either like under a different name or they would make something up and be like, this is so mystical and ancient because people would totally buy into it. So everybody was using tarot cards to tell the future or to give themselves insight about what's happening in their lives.
3: And it wasn't seen as like, Dark at the beginning, like fortune telling in general, you know, 1900s U.S. is seen as like bad, right? Right. Oh, yes. I know I'm going to (laughs) say, Teresa's probably
2: got something to say right (laughs) here. I have so
0: much to say. (laughs) Okay, cool. Okay, so it was a game until it split. So it split right around this time, and it split because hermeticism between 1750 and like 1950, occultism, spiritualism, themia, like all of the major, what we think of as like dark religions and like all happened after this. Mm -hmm. So in 1850, a dude named Ophelius Levi, he was the first one to say that an upside down pentacle was evil. Like suddenly religion brought in Lucifer and the devil and like things just started getting really dark. So when that happened and they started writing about occultism, then people were like, oh, we can use these cards as divination with all of this. So Hermeticism and the Golden Dawn started in the late 1800s and like Freemasons were real big around then. And they basically just were like, we made this up and we need to somehow tie it to something that people think is cool. So they're like, we don't know dick about the egyptians and they seem awesome so let's just yeah.
4: <laughs> let's just
0: take them and make up shit about them and how dark they were because they're brown people and we can just steal whatever we want from them and he wrote this book that has been completely like it's all it's just fake yeah there have been one of the most influential decks the toth deck was written by crowley who everybody knows crowley as the guy that jimmy page was obsessed with that like brought people <laughs> back from the dead But Crowley was a really creepy guy because he was really into this stuff. And the cover of Levi's book is Baphomet. And everybody's terrified of Baphomet because he's the goat. So he's evil and he's the devil. But Baphomet means balance and goodness and like this is how satanism has become the devil when it just means like
1: doing what you want so it's really weird that you bring up baphomet because sometimes i get weird wavelengths and literally last night i was like what is that one goat fucking thing
2: and it's like <laughs> in the middle of the
1: night i looked up baphomet Baphomet's the man. and a t- baphomet goes way back to like the knights templar yep In like the 1300s yep. which were like a Christian organization, and like commissioned by the Pope. This is all my like Wikipedia reading at eleven o'clock at night. In the third, in the Middle Ages, the, it, like Baphomet was originally a Christian symbol. Yep. That then turned into an occult symbol. That then came back around being now. Pe- it's like fucking make up your mind. Yeah. <laughs> everything's appropriated. Jeez. And- <laughs> anything that me.
0: happened in this time frame, you have to think about how like Protestant and just repressed we were as a culture and how terrified everybody was of death especially around the civil war shit got real because everybody knew somebody who died and then spiritualism happened because two teenage girls lied about being able to talk to the dead (laughs) (laughs) it's all just them people trying to connect to things that make sense somewhere else
2: Yeah. And you can kind of see that today, too, with the rise of the Internet. You see a lot of people questioning what they've always been told or what they've always accepted as true. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the guy, Elliot, he made the first deck of tarot cards that was specifically created for divination. Um, Very similar. The major arcana. It's like the major arcana and the minor arcana. The major are like the trump cards and then the minor are like those number base cards. Is that right? Can
0: I add also that the Visconti deck and this yeah. deck that you're talking about, I have replicas. If you oh, you do? Look
2: at them.
3: That's they are, awesome. They're right here. <laughs> awesome. The, the we'll De
0: Marseille, to- was, it was printed all over France. There was nine printing houses that were printing them all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Wow. This guy bought one of those print houses, started making his own, and was like, this is just for the magic shit. Yeah. Just this one. Yeah. Not those other ones. Just this one. Oh.
2: Mm-hmm. Marketing. I yep. know, right? Right. Yeah. That's so, my niche. and this is where I think the typical yep the like the magician, the high priestess, the empress, the emperor, the hierophant slash pope, yep, the yep. hermit, the hanged man, the lovers, yep. the devil, the fool, the wheel of fortune, the chariot, the tower, the star, the moon, the sun, the world, justice, strength, judgment, temperance, and death.
0: Yep. The De Marseille is the standardization of the tarot deck.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Dope. As he put it, those trump cards, those are for, like, the big secrets of spiritual self-awareness. And then the minor arcana, those were meant to be, like, the small secrets, to reveal the small secrets of everyday life. I'm
1: getting goosebumps.
2: Yeah. Um, In fact, like, it became so popular, like, tarot is a form of divination, that by the turn of the 19th century, like, a new deck was created for playing, and they called it the Tarot Nouveau even though it was old, but it had been, like, so forgotten that it had ever been a game. Mm-hmm. One of the most widely known decks of tarot cards is officially known as the Rider-Waite Tarot Deck. Mm-hmm. It Unfortunately. Was, yeah, well, we'll get into that. Okay. That tarot deck was created in 1908, and it was illustrated by a woman named Pamela Coleman Smith.
1: Can I just say that Teresa handed me a deck of cards that are written in French? Oh, cool. And they smell
2: Like French?
0: Divine. Right? (laughs) I was going to say. That's the parchment. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That deck, it's an IJJ Swiss deck. So like France and Switzerland were about the Marseille. That is a French deck. It has French words on it, but it was printed in Switzerland. It's a recreation. It came out. It's U.S. Games does all of these. It came out in like 71, I think. That's cool. But it's exactly the same press
2: as Conver. Did you read about Cumber? I didn't have Cumber in here. I'm pretty sure it's Cumber. I had to narrow it down. <laughs> um,
1: fun. It's a rabbit hole.
2: It is a rabbit it hole. Is. There's and so there's like a bunch of like little molehills off of the rabbit hole, so I just had to stay <laughs> mm-hmm. in Alice's rabbit hole. Um, so, anyway, so the the first this the most popular and widely known deck of today, the Ryder Smith deck, it was um, Arthur Edward Waite. He got together with this artist that he knew, Pamela Coleman Smith, and under his direction, she illustrated all of these cards but instead of naming it the weight smith or the smith weight tarot deck they named it after the publisher mm-hmm. the one who printed the fucking cards mm-hmm. and called it the rider weight deck which i think is complete bullshit some nowadays will call it like the Waite smith or the rider Waite smith deck but it's like not what it's been known as yeah. this i found really interesting the u.s game system is the one that prints the deck. The U.S. game system was started only to print that deck. And now they do like a bunch of other things but it's like a lot of replicas of old games and I guess... I didn't see, I didn't look through their website too much. I just saw some like game replicas, but it sounds Mm -hmm. like they're doing other tarot decks and things like that. Yeah,
0: they do a lot of tarot decks. The Visconti that I have, I'm pretty sure, is US Games.
2: Yeah. I find that to be really interesting that there's somebody out there reproducing like old timey games that have lost their copyright or maybe never had a copyright. This one says it's made in Italy. Ooh, that's cool
0: this one i had to buy because those four cards are missing so i'm like how did they do those four oh cards? yeah what did oh. they do i just had to look at it 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 makes
2: they just make something up
0: yeah they they know who the artist was so they just went and looked at his paintings mm-hmm. and then just decided what his tower might look like mm. Mm, that's smart huh. it's kind of cool
1: now i have to go look at the tower that's a scary card
0: go find that's it that's a there is no scary card i know teresa's
2: about, to... Was... I would <laughs> like about
1: to
0: go there is
2: no there's no bad the review I get, i'm like <gasps> for the tower the, it, it's only because you've read lord of the rings <laughs>
0: it's only because you've been conditioned in our society
1: <laughs> i read the book you know the, the deck that everybody gets in that book they were like the tower is like get fucked man like you're you're donezo at least that's how we're This I is how Marcus reads
2: tarot cards, I guess. They get fucked, man. <laughs> yeah. The get fucked tower, card is not the tower
1: card. The tower part. shows up and it's like, oh, no, the tower <laughs> the shows up and card. it's like, you are fucked. Like, it's too late. You're already yeah. in. You're, you're in mid-air. You're in enough. fuck. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are you enjoying mid-fuck, my friend? That's what the tower card is.
2: Um... All right, so I'm going to focus a little bit on Pamela Coleman-Smith because I believe her story should be told a little bit. Hmm. I'm going to focus on her more than Arthur Waite, in fact. Good. She was born in England in 1878. Um, Her dad was an American businessman, and she actually ended up growing up splitting her time between New York and Jamaica. At 15, she enrolled in the Pratt Institute in New York. That's a university, just Mm -hmm. for anybody to note that she was fucking 15 in university. She studied art and uh, when she was in school. Unfortunately, her mom died during this time, so she didn't end up finishing her art degree. So then, her dad died. A couple years (laughs) later. Yeah. By the time she was twenty one, she was an orphan. And so she left New York. She went back to England. She got really involved as an artist. She was doing like she had her own periodical called The Green Sheaf. It was just like a an art magazine of like poems and essays. Yeah. And she was also a writer, an illustrator. She did all of this artwork mysticism and esotericism was super popular in england at this time um so she got involved in that community it was also really attracted a lot of artists and creative types and so she got involved in the golden dawn and that is where uh, she met Arthur Waite, who is also a member of the Golden Dawn, and they got to working on this tarot deck.
1: Yeah, thank you. We got that from your episode. Well, I got that from one of your episodes. You're like, and something, 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 Golden Dawn, but you can go fucking look that up yourself. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, the what reason, is
0: that? I the gotta reason go look I that, said up. that The reason I said that is because I've, I've done this research a couple times, and I wrote 17 pages before I even did got to like 1920 yeah and it's there's just so much information and it's so like it it amps me up because of how how little people actually know about shit annoys yeah. me like it just like these aren't ancient parables passed down from kings of egypt it was made in 1850 yeah like things are not as old as we think they are mm-hmm. and it gets me riled up because there's so much just in general information about life that we just accept.
1: I was warning, Jenny. I'm like, dude, you're going to start scratching on the Illuminati's doorstep. <laughs> then you're going to start doing a new order. And the, I'm like, and then you're fucked. Well, then you're just then you're Operation Paperclip. Hang on, we're going to get to all that. You're fucked. It's
2: just hang there. on. The, Illumina- the Illuminati's coming. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: Um, the, the Golden Dawn was an organization that people joined because they were into weird shit. And they accepted women, unlike Freemasons, and they treated them like people. Hmm. And they only lasted like 16 years.
2: Interesting. Yeah, I have a whole segment on the Golden Dawn. Sorry, Jenny.
3: All right. It's
1: okay. Let's it's go. okay.
2: It's Let's good foreshadowing. It's I think good it's stuff. great foreshadowing. Let's
1: start digging. Um, Let's see where this rabbit hole goes. Well,
2: yeah, we are going to see where Get it goes. Get your red
1: pills, guys.
2: So the Golden Dawn, as Teresa just said, it didn't last that long, fell apart. Waits started a new organization called the Reconstruction of the Golden Dawn. Mm-hmm. And so this was like Christian mysticism instead of like more culty mysticism. Um, she was, she joined that. That's when they started in on that tarot deck together. Uh, eventually she was like, you know what? I give up on all this. I'm just going to be a Roman Catholic. <laughs> yeah. So she became a Roman Catholic. She bought a house with an inheritance. She mm-hmm. rented it out to priests. Mm-hmm. Lived there with what people believe was her girlfriend or mm-hmm. her life partner who was a woman. I'm assuming maybe Think. Sappho and her friend. Yeah. Is her roommate.
0: Her roommate, exactly. <laughs> 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> Who's also the Queen of Wands. Yeah. She drew sure. her for
1: the Oh, Queen is that what Wands, it is? Oh. That's, funny. that's cool. Yeah, that's
2: cool. Um, also, just a side note about that deck of cards, she got like no recognition for it. And I think that the reason why they figured out it was hers is because of her insignia that she hid in every single card. Wow. And they were able to tie that back to her later. Oh, that's cool. Which is kind of fucked up. Uh, But yeah, eventually she got out of the vacation home. This is actually, like, I don't like the way this story ends. She got out of the vacation home business. Uh, She eventually died. All of her possessions had to be sold off to pay off her debts. And then she was buried in an unmarked grave somewhere. She died in 1951. So shitty. Mm -hmm. I hate the way that story ends. Yeah. She was only like 65. Damn. Shitty. Um... (laughs) Let's start with a little bit about esotericism. I'm going to tell you about it for no other reason than I spent approximately 10 hours just trying to understand what the fuck this (laughs) word means. Esotericism is kind of a broad umbrella term that encompasses witchy shit, but it's called esotericism when referring... To the witchy shit of well-off white dudes <laughs>
1: yeah. oh okay
2: yeah oh. because it sounds more intelligent and philosophical ding ding ding, ding. <laughs>
4: yeah
2: oh. okay um uh,
1: so if white dudes are involved
2: yeah so basically it's if, like it's you're cool. you if you're in like polite society you would be like oh no i'm not into that witchy shit <laughs> i'm into esotericism oh. because i like Witchy shit is for women. Yep. Go burn her at the stake. Yep. I am just, you know, I am reading tarot cards because it's philosophical and smart and esoteric. Oh. Um, wild. Yeah. But one yeah. like And
1: legal somehow. There you go.
2: <laughs> so like it's at its most basic as far as I can tell, esotericism means like secret knowledge for like a select group of people or like a small group of people, right? But it does also encompass like occultism um like the freemasons for example like it could be considered esoteric because there's like lots of secrets and like you move up in these ranks and you learn different secrets at those different ranks so that in and of itself is esoteric by the def- that definition of mm-hmm. esoteric but like i said it's also been used now as this broad term for people who don't want to be called, like, witches or devil worshippers mm-hmm. or whatever. They want to be more philosophical.
1: What if it's, like, some... Oh, go ahead.
2: That's okay. It's, like, when you go to the bookstore now,
0: it doesn't say occultism. It says self-transformation. Mm. <laughs> mm, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: Huh. Good point. It's rebranding. Yeah.
1: Yeah, what if it was some, like, lame shit, though? Like, you get to those higher ranks, and, and they're, like here's the 13 herbs and spices in KFC. You know? <laughs> it might be like,
2: fuck. That's the thing nobody knows. Right. Yeah, I listened to I, a podcast I've episode my whole
1: life to learn that. What the fuck am I going to do now franchise? <laughs> 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 you could own one.
2: Uh, um, you know Colonel Sanders was a Freemason. <laughs> I fucking called it! I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm just kidding. That would have been good. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, that would have been there awesome. Were other, I, there's probably other colonels, but not Colonel That's Sanders. That's how you get an honorary colonel. You've <laughs> <actually laughs> you be a Freemason.
4: Freemason.
2: <laughs> He's a
0: Scientologist,
2: though. Who? Oh, no. Colonel Sanders? Yeah. He's a really? Scientologist. <laughs> no, he's a Methodist or something, and
0: not
1: real.
2: Look, you can tell us anything on this podcast; we'll so believe <laughs> yeah, you I know. this
1: time. Yeah, you have all the power, Steph. Yes. You hold those cards.
2: Yes. You're a Freemason. I am not. You're allowed an to say. <laughs> not permitted to say. Well, um, I do know that during your very initial Freemason, this is what I do know: your very first level initiation, just to get in, you walk in the door from. The east or the west? Maybe you walk in the west because you're facing the east. But what they do is they have to rip your sh- your left breast side of your shirt open to make sure you're not a woman hiding a boob under there. <laughs> <laughs> So if you got into the Freemasons, (laughs) I don't know how you got
3: around that. (laughs) There are benefits to being kind of flat.
2: (laughs) But that's true. All the secrets
0: of the universe. That's true. All
2: right. So let's go back. Late antiquity, a couple hundred years AD, common era. So this period, we're picturing the Mediterranean Sea. You've got Greece, Italy, Egypt, all of these places around the Mediterranean Sea. There are a few schools of esoteric thought at this time. Gnostics, Hellenistics, another one like we were talking about before, Hermeticism. And this was also going on at this period in time. So we know back then there was like tons of philosophy. Lots of philosophic thinkers come out of this like like area of the world and time period you have like aristotle and plato and all those people um so there's like a lot of like deep thinking about things going on and they're also like not super christian Mm -hmm. right like i feel like you have polytheism just all of these more open-minded ways of thinking that haven't been like tamped down and like squashed out yet by the church
3: i mean 200 a.d when did they even write the bible yeah i don't really know
1: yeah, was that some sort of palpal summit, you know, at the height of the Roman power? I think it was like 600, right? Yeah. AD.
0: It took them like 100 years to write yeah. everything that ended up in the Bible. Right. And it changed a couple times, and yeah. it was like hundreds of years after Jesus. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So we're not all Christian yet. There's like these texts supposedly written by Hermes Trismegistus. This is the Corpus Hermectus to come um, mm-hmm. oh yeah um, oh, corpus and cool. so supposedly these texts they discuss the true nature of God and emphasize that humans have to transcend rational thought and desires to become a spiritual being of light so hang on to this because this comes back later um, it's like the idea of being spiritual Spiritually united with the divine. So, this is one of those like esoteric schools of thought, you know, along with Gnosticism and all these other ones that are kind of going on at this period in time. Middle Ages, you see the rise of Kabbalah, Kabbalah. Mm -hmm. Kabbalah. We all know about this because of Madonna. That's right. Oh, no. (laughs) Not why I know
3: about it. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kabbalah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a store where you get outdoor goods.
2: <laughs> yeah, Cabela's. It's an ancient Jewish tradition. Yeah. Huh. Didn't know that. Um, cool. We make jokes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's an esoteric school of thought based in Judaism. It's meant to explain the relationship between the infinite, God, and the finite, God's creations and then the universe. This is like a rabbit hole I could have really gone down for him. Basically in Kabbalah, practitioners believe that God moves in mysterious ways and understanding, man understanding those ways is possible through studying texts and rituals, meditative practices. You can know the mind of God if you're practicing in the right way. Like the practices are meant to shift a person's, consciousness so they can have these spiritual experiences there's also like a tree of a kabbalah tree of life that kind of shows how everything is connected in these different ways there's what like 11 points on the tree of life Mm -hmm. i think yeah do you have anything else you want to add to that because i didn't go i could have gone deep but i was like already in too deep you'd rather you go wide (laughs)
0: um there's there's tarot and then there's tarot with kabbalah and there are people who read solely based on the idea that the cards, especially majors, are influenced by this system of thought. Um, I have a like hard laminated paper that a friend of mine bought me off Amazon that shows how the cards are correlated. Like there's 22 letters in the alphabet, there's 22 majors, and it's all very like, this is the true tarot, mm. and it's all underground. There's a book called The Open Reading, That's all about it. There's a Instagram handle that I can't remember, but I can look at that every single card is like, this is this letter and it's all over this card. It's like trying to recover this because it was illegal to practice Judaism. So the theory is that the Tarot de Marseille has all of these like hidden meaning and it was directed at people who were studying this kind of judaism
3: okay huh
1: fucking crazy yeah and
0: it's a whole like years of study to understand this it's really really neat mm-hmm. it's too much for me to understand it's, it's very cool
2: very deep all right so then moving along to the renaissance now i
1: understand why you're like just go google this show. just
2: <laughs> look it up
0: <laughs> if you want to spend 12 hours of
2: your life reading about this go for it right <laughs> Um, All right. So in the Renaissance, then, we've got 14th, 15th century Renaissance typical, or Italy, right? Like this one, we've got all those painters and like doing all that shit. All the
1: fucking Teenage Mutant (laughs) Ninja Turtles.
2: Exactly. They came out of the Renaissance. Um, There's like (laughs) turtles, like doing all sorts of shit. It was crazy. Rats and turtles. They were overrunning Italy. Mm -hmm. Fucking crazy.
1: Master Splinter Domenici.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yes, that's right. He makes an appearance right now. So back in, like, during the Renaissance in Italy, there was this huge interest in Kabbalah, in Christianity. You've got, like, Cosmo de' Medici. He's into it. Like, all these people are super into it. It's kind of like this esoteric enlightenment at the time. By this time, the the church is pretty powerful, but, like, these people are still really into it. Like, culturally, just because, like, the church is there, you still have these Mediterranean roots that are in these polytheistic histories it's like this explosion of art this explosion of like different ways of thinking you've got like galileo up in there there's all of these advancements in science so you just have people who are getting like really philosophical and really thinking deeply about things in this area during the renaissance
0: this is when um there's a deck called the sola Busca. the Solabusca happened in i think the 1550s and it's the first deck it was commissioned by a family and it stayed in the family Mm. The complete deck stayed in the family until 2009. Wow. Yeah. That's so so cool. people didn't even know it existed until like 30 years ago. Wow. And it was sold to, I think, Yale University in 2009. Wow. But for 400 years, it was in this one family. And this deck was created by an artist who was into alchemy. Uh Uh-huh. And it's exactly the same time. Yeah, yeah. Where people are like, wait, there is some weird shit going on. And... The deck has it's like planets and um, chemicals and stuff, but it's the exact same time period. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. So. And Yale has it now. <clears> and throat> what throat> sort of secret society aren't they the skull and crossbones, some fucking weird witch I don't thing know. they're
0: into too? Why I don't would know what Yale you're have an about? interest That's in a, a good point, Marcus. A, Yale hmm. has that one and the Visconti. Huh.
1: Wonder why they would be so interested. We should take in another all of this esoteric knowledge.
0: Because we visited and, oh. and hmm. sorry. Go and ahead. the Solabusca was in Britain in nineteen oh seven. Who else was in London in 1907, Pixie
4: and ah, Arthur
0: Waite. Uh-huh. So the Waite-Smith deck, there are cards that are exactly the same as the wow. Solabusca. so they think that she went and looked at this deck and just copied it. Wow, oh. that's interesting. Cool.
1: Mm-hmm. That's huh. so cool. Fucking wild.
0: It's I'll have kinetic. that one tomorrow. I forgot to order it last week. Mm-hmm. I ordered it. That's cool.
2: <laughs> all right, so then also around the same time period, Germany. There is, like, they've got, like, so you figure there's still people traveling. Nobody is insular at this time period. There's tons of trade, lots of travel. People are moving around. So there's going to be a lot of exchanging of ideas, but every place is going to kind of take their own spin based on, you know, where they're culturally located. Um, So over in Germany, you also have, there's some philosophical and esoteric thought um going on over there too. It's a little bit more Christian based. It's still drawing on the like medieval esotericism and the Kabbalah, but they are like adding a much more Christian spin to it. By the early sixteen hundreds in Germany, there's the it's it's not really quite like a official fraternal brotherhood, but it's like people who are subscribing to like a a school of thought. And this is called the Rosicrucian Order. Um, this order is based on three Rosicrucian manifestos that were published in Germany uh, from 1614 to 1616. They claim to be the manual of a secret ancient brotherhood. So, going back to this whole secret ancient stuff, like everything had to be like secret and ancient. And everybody, <laughs> like somebody found like the secret and now has published it. Mm-hmm. It's like ivermectin of the 1600s. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the um, main reason that they
0: realized that all that stuff about Egypt was wrong is it occurred to someone that the guy who wrote the book he said he found a scroll uh-huh. and the scroll explained how to use the deck and that he translated it 20 years before they found the Rosetta Stone. Oh. So somehow magically, this <laughs> random dude in France somehow knew how to you know
2: speak hieroglyphics that's just, pretty funny just and he happen. got called out yeah that's so funny they
0: didn't actually translate them until 45 years after he printed a book saying this is what they
2: said yeah huh. it just
0: didn't happen that's huh. so funny wow.
2: well this is kind of like a similar thing this guy he just was like <laughs> oh like so these were like kind of published mysteriously and then got spread around Marillion. Reality. There's like no evidence that there was ever this secret ancient brotherhood, and the the guy who they believe wrote it was this Lutheran theologian Johann Valentin. Andrea. Yeah,
1: I'm sure it was mm-hmm. just some guy drinking like wormwood fucking, you know, <laughs> tripping his balls off. And was like, let's fucking, this is it. This is the answer.
2: And he likes to yeah, I mean, it's like you've got all of the these people like talking about all this like woo-woo stuff. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, I'm going to start a thing. Right. And then he, you know, started secretly getting it published and mm-hmm. getting it out there. And then all of these people, but people are like super into it. And so like while there was no like centrally formalized secret society, there was like a bunch of people who were... Are like, oh, I'm a Rasta and I've got the secret spiritual knowledge. Do you? I'm a
1: Pastafarian.
2: Yeah. Yes. This is like Eckhart Tolle of the 1600s. I don't know who Eckhart Tolle is. Oh,
0: Google it. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, this is all happening at that time. You've got all these people. It's like everybody's super into like philosophy and esotericism and mystical stuff. And everybody's trying to become one with the divine and everybody's like really into like thinking they have the secret knowledge it's and fucking this. dope yeah mm-hmm. so
1: magical yeah and whimsical even
2: why not yeah i think it's just you know people are
1: fucking make, wearing top hats inhaling mercury just like the whole world is fucking <laughs> different
4: man they give a fuck.
2: <laughs> they're just into it right they're just like why this world doesn't have to be everything we think it is they're like <sighs> maybe like it's something else maybe it's this thing and it was like cool people were super into it your life
1: expectancy was like 38
2: yeah yeah so but it's still yet there was no nothing formalized yet so then uh we're gonna go ahead and move along to the formation of the freemasons the deepest rabbit hole Uh uh-oh we're here please to learn how the why why did the freemasons invent tarot cards Were you expecting that? What? No. Haven't you seen the movie National Treasure? No. Like Nicolas Cage is just like running around in a pyramid looking for tarot cards. I'm pretty sure the Knights
1: Templar was in that movie too. They showed up.
2: No, I'm just kidding. But really the Freemasons actually, like this is where my deepest rabbit holes were in trying to unravel the Freemasons. And just what the fuck does esoteric mean? Because esoteric has like so many different definitions. I looked up esotericism. Like just on like dictionary.com and it was like definition that which is hard to understand. I'm like, (laughs) that doesn't fucking help me. I already know I can't understand it. So anyways, I did a lot of research into this (laughs) and just trying to understand like how like just trying to understand how people were in these different moments of time and like what was influencing and like what was like the driving force culturally in society that like led to tarot cards being so popular and like how did we get here and who were these people that influenced these things. Um and yes it is the Freemasons. Huh. <laughs> don't disagree. I've I never a heard a word about
0: the Freemasons <laughs> in my twenty years of tarot. Are
2: you for real? Yeah. Okay, well
1: They were the they were pulling the strings apparently.
2: We're about to get there because you know what the fucking Freemasons love to keep their shit on lockdown, but I'm here to expose them. <laughs> how? I hope I don't they get didn't let murdered women in. I hope I don't get murdered. That, did you know they do that? They murder you? They do. If you tell their secrets? Yeah. There is actually something called the Morgan Affair. It was like 1700s, I think. And there was this guy by the last name of Morgan who became a <laughs> Freemason. He's like, I'm going to go tell all of your secrets. I'm going to write a tell-all tell all book. And he showed up dead. So you don't fucking fuck with the Freemasons. Um. <laughs> the Freemasons started out actually as like actual masons like stone masons um the stone Makes masons sense. guilds yeah so this so like think notre dame like that's fucking how do you build that out of stone mm-hmm. my fucking mind is blown just thinking Flying about buttresses.
1: it. What the Everywhere. Fu-
2: how so like how we don't know because guess what there was a the guild was formed to like teach people people would join, they'd start out at their little apprentice level. And then as they moved up and like became more experienced and as they're studying their craft, they're being given more and more secrets as they move up. Yes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So it's a union (laughs) (laughs) which is what we would call a union these days yes (laughs) but back then they made it super secretive like they didn't like let just anybody in you had to be approved to become a stonemason i mean i don't really understand why the plumbers
1: guild now in illinois yeah they have all the power yeah
2: yeah well is
0: it like um like you wouldn't bring other coffee roasters into the warehouse.
2: Yeah I guess that's true because you want to be the one who knows how to make like the most badass flying buttresses yeah. and like you and all your people. Right. Yeah. yeah so that actually makes a lot of sense that they wanted to keep the, those secrets of like it's new technologies and things to themselves. Right. Yeah. So you see like the, the different levels. You have like at the top of the Freemasons you're like a, you're a master mason and at the bottom you're an apprentice mason. So there's like these structures in this level. Um, Also, a lot of the symbology that Freemasons use is taken from the stonemasons. They have uh, like the square and the compass. Mm -hmm. Those are obviously stonemason tools. But now in Freemasonry, they're used to represent stability, balance, and judgment. The handshake, there's like a secret Freemason (laughs) handshake. Yeah,
1: you got to grab the elbow.
2: Actually, different handshakes depending on what rank you are. So yeah, so but stonemasons they used to greet each other, and a firm handshake was the sign of a really strong stonemason. So handshakes and different like having like special handshakes is part of Freemasonry. Also, this is a little weird to me, but the Freemasons part of their outfit or their little like costume is a little apron, like a little rounded apron that mm-hmm. almost looks kind of like like a rounded saddle bag, but. Like hold your stone
1: cutter tools in it or some shit?
2: Yeah, because, I mean, it's probably a much smaller version of what a stonemason would wear. Because you figure a stone mason's trying to protect their body from, like, shards of stone. Theirs is just, like, this cute little, it's like a... Like, like a loin satchel. Cloth. Yeah, a loincloth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. what's, what's the
0: religion that the FLDS... Oh, the Mormon the, the Yeah, the fundamental. It reminds me of Mormonism because of the magic underwear. Oh yeah, they do
2: have like their, their special undergarments. Yeah. Yeah. Magic similar.
3: Apron. Yeah, their magic apron. Yeah. I can't yeah. stop thinking about that Simpsons episode. Were they called the Stonemasons on the Simpsons episode? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So I don't funny. remember it. Oh. I don't think I saw that one. The Stone one. Cutters. Stone Cutters. Oh
2: yeah. Oh. That was an old one. Man, I probably I kind of remember that, but I don't think I was old enough to understand it. <laughs> now I feel like I have to go back and watch that. All right, we'll post that's a, a we'll post a link to that video in our Facebook group. Plug for our Facebook group. Yeah. No bad reviews, colon, a coffee community. And so, anyways, Freemasonry kind of by definition is esoteric if you're going by this definition of esotericism as something that's secret and knowledge for just a select few. You have all this going on in Europe, but there is no sort of structured organization. And this is kind of where Freemasonry comes in. It is like a place for people to participate in rituals and esoteric thought. Also, like part of being a Freemason is... Illumination, like becoming like knowledgeable about the light. So all of these esoteric principles are wrapped up in Freemasonry, and Freemasonry gives it the structure and the place for people to go. Um, to yeah, like a
1: lodge too, where they can go hang out and do their little fucking you mm-hmm. know rites of passage and drink and Compliment stay each their wives. other's aprons.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like also for like spiritual growth and connection. Sure. Um, one thing that was really important at this period in time like there was no social safety net so having this social order of people who are sworn to help each other in their times of need is also just really important that's I think part one of the things that made it really popular um, was that people had a place where they've pledged and taken an oath to help their fellow members no matter what yeah Um, to be a Freemason you have to like, profess belief in a supreme being, but you're not allowed to talk religion or politics or be a woman. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What...
0: Did they have, like, family things, or it was just, like, I take care of my dudes?
2: Um, so they had... So they would have, like, events where family members would be invited, so that they would have, like, some sort of Like, social functions. Women were not allowed to come, but... I. I didn't like look directly into it, but I think that if your family were in trouble, your Freemason brothers would sure. come to the help. Or like, say, a Freemason makes brother died, I think people would probably help out the family. Okay. Um, so it was meant to be a brotherhood. Um,
1: it's like a like a fraternity, like yeah. the Moose or the Eagles or yeah. whatever.
0: It reminds me of like I was uh, I watched a video about the KKK and how it got so ingrained into culture, and it was like it was just like something to do. We'd have fireworks and we'd have barbecues and everybody would come hang out. Like, nobody actually thought about what the basis of the thing was. It was Mm -hmm. just like,
2: we all took care of each other. Yeah. Well, and I think that's also like in organizations like that where people see the good that they're doing for each other. Yeah. And they're like, but what do you mean this is bad? Mm -hmm. Don't fucking tell me my organization is bad look at all the good that we're doing. We have a pancake breakfast (laughs) like the poor white people or whatever. We help old ladies across the street. Yeah, exactly. Um, So anyway, so there's that. Um, When you're in Freemasonry nowadays, there are people who join up with Freemasons. They just... They're just there for, like, the camaraderie and to be a part of an organization. They do do some charitable good. There's actually, it's actually very diverse, not in, I'm not talking about, like, racial diversity or, like, male-female diversity, but diversity of um, thoughts and opinions and what each lodge does um, and, like, what each lodge is focused on. There's actually, like, 12 different types, 11 or 12 different types of masonry and like types of people like what you're focused on in your masonic lodge and some masonic lodges are just like a bunch of dudes hanging out and then there are those masonic lodges that are very esoteric keepers of the knowledge fucking knew it Mm -hmm. they're keepers of the knowledge they like have tons and tons of fucking secret knowledge that they're not going to tell you until you get up there
1: that's in like Scotland and shit right there's a
2: lodge on Highland
1: There's a lodge on high. There used to to be that big giant one in Aurora, the fucking huge Masonic temple. I'm so glad
2: you brought that up. Can I tell you my fucking conspiracy theory about the one in Aurora? (laughs) (laughs) Drop it. So, some people broke into that Masonic temple and did a ton of filming and then posted it on Facebook and it was all over the place. Everybody was sharing it, everyone was super into it. Like two days later, the building, maybe even the next day, the building burned down. What the fuck was in that video that they didn't want someone to find? And after learning about the Freemasons, I believe that shit even more. What was in that video?
1: Yeah. We should go watch that video. Mm -hmm. Is it still online?
2: Probably. I hope. Unless a Freemason. Someone who did it. Right.
0: Zuckerberg's a Freemason.
1: They're going to be like. He could be. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) It's got to be, right? Uh, Owns
3: Facebook.
1: They showed our fucking secret lodge bar. Take that shit offline.
3: Okay, wait, so do you still have to be a white male to be a Freemason? Are they letting other people in? Are they letting women in?
2: Uh, they are not letting women in. you uh, still get you still have to have your left breast exposed to, <laughs> for fucking admission. That's fine. I want in. Uh, yeah, right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> su- I'm surprised that that's like not like cool with everybody.
2: Well, while you're asking, <laughs> here's, a, here's some uh, notable Freemasons. You got your typical like presidents, George Washington, Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin, yeah, Yeah, Franklin Roosevelt, Winston Churchill. Then you got your old, old-timey old actors, Harry Houdini, Mel Blanc, Man of a Thousand Voices, mm-hmm. did all the Looney Tunes. Oh, that guy. Very fascinating guy. Uh, Clark Gable, you got Aww. your artistic Europeans, Voltaire, Mozart. Mm-hmm. No shit. Mm-hmm. All then Masons. you got some black political figures, Thurgood Marshall, Jesse oh. Jackson. Who else do we have? Arnold Palmer, my fav- <laughs> the man of my favorite drink.
4: Yep.
2: <laughs> wow. Uh, Buzz Aldrin took Freemasonry to the moon. Aww. Uh, Michael Richards, better known as Kramer, He's <laughs> a Freemason. Okay. And last but not least, comedian Richard Pryor. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Well damn. Uh-huh. All of them Freemasons. Were
1: they Freemasons before or after they were famous? I'm curious. Probably. Like chicken or chicken or the egg. Did the Freemasons make them famous?
2: That's a good or question. Were they famous already? I think and then joined up. So Freemasonry, you have to people like you have to be voted people have to vote on you to be allowed in. Before you can even take the initiation rights. <sighs> you have to be voted on oh. to become a new initiate.
1: So they probably got approached. They're like, "Hey, you're famous. Want to join our club?"
2: <laughs> or it could have been like they knew somebody else who was a freemason and they were like, "Hey, why don't you come join in, hey famous person?" So yeah. my guess is that they were probably already powerful and then were like, "I need to be a little more powerful." Yeah. So yeah, freemasons built they were they were founded on this esotericism and nowadays you have people who are like witches and magicians, like male witches and magicians, people who are super into all this occultism, and they specifically join Freemasonry to heighten and elevate their magic practices because there is a lot of symbolism, there is a lot of ritual. The whole point of Freemasonry has developed to become like more... Like I said, just one with the light and becoming more spiritual and enlightened.
1: And do male titties, like, are they out in every meeting? Or is that
2: <laughs> is it just for new? Well, they do. Like, They dance around the fire naked. <sighs> That's part of, like, the beginning I don't really thing. want to join this club They anymore. chant and, like, encircle. Not for you? Not for me. Well, there might be another one for you. So anyways, some people think it's a little too witchy. Some people think it's not witchy enough. So esoteric Freemasonry is an actual study, though. Like, there are some that define themselves as esoteric Freemasons, and they're really into that, and they have, like, they're really into all the ritual and all the symbolism and trying to figure it all out. Then there's also what are called fringe masonry, mm. and so this is where we get into, like, the golden dawn. Mm-hmm. So for some people, like I was saying before, there's people who are like, look, Freemasonry's cool. But I need something a little more intense. Like you guys are not getting into it enough, and so there, it's there used especially a while ago back in this late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds period. There was a ton of fringe masonry um, organizations that were popping up, and so one of them was the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, and. They, like, took it to another level. They, like, first you have your, like, outer order, which is the first level. And it's just, like, all straight studying. Like, they're studying these ancient texts or supposedly ancient texts And you have to memorize all of this stuff. you got to memorize all these symbols. You have to memorize all of these phrases and all of this historical stuff. And then, like, once you've memorized all of this, you have to, like, take a written test. And then you also have to be invited to join up into the inner order. Mm -hmm. And then when you get into the inner order, that's where you get to, like, start practicing, like, all of the, like, occult you get to like, you learn astro planning and you learn divination and tarot cards and you're learning how to like read people's minds. And... When do the orgies happen? I mean, they might be. I don't know. Or is that it's the like, first level? It's a bunch of secret shit.
4: <laughs> okay.
2: I would say that probably definitely be second level if there's orgies. Yeah. Because like the first level it's is initiation. about- First level's about learning, second level's about doing.
1: Got it. Okay, makes sense.
2: (laughs) So, like, once you get into the second level, also, like, they want you, like, making your own rites and creating your own um, spiritual practices and teaching the, like, the noobs. Go ahead. They
0: they encouraged everybody to make their own tarot deck. Oh, yeah. That would make sense. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. encouraged everybody to make their own deck. They used the Marseille until whoever... I don't even know who, like, was in charge. There was different people who felt like they were in charge, and there was, like, leaders. But that's why Waite made a deck at all. It's ah, because he wanted to be important. Interesting. And he was like, if I make the deck yeah. for oh. the order, mm-hmm. then I at least have as many sales as there are people in the order.
2: Right. That makes sense. That's how it happened. Huh. Um, so, yeah, like, and so, like, these types of organizations, like Golden <coughs> Dawn, they're, they're called fringe masonry not because, like, They're like, oh, your ideas are too out there, like you're fringe. It's like, no, it's because they are quasi-Masonic. So they're started by people who are Freemasons. They're using the Freemason structure. They're using some of the same um, Freemason symbols. They're using some of the same rites and rituals within their own, but they just have a little bit of a different focus. So this one's going to be a little bit more occult than the Freemasons are. Mm -hmm. And then... Not like
1: extra fabric adornments on the outside of the robes no okay.
2: they might have had different outfits though potentially so anyway there was a lot of these different ones a lot of them were yeah definitely just ended the mysticism and the occult um, did you
1: do any research on the illuminati
2: because i understand that
1: those are like the furries of the <laughs> masonry world
2: <laughs> that's gonna have to be another episode okay yeah oh we should find we're an illuminati to... coffee yeah. i love that idea yeah mm-hmm. find an illuminati coffee roaster yeah and we'll do one on the <laughs> illuminati we're seeing
1: some pictures on the internet of, a, of an illuminati party and it was like fucking wild masks and shit <laughs> fucking deer heads yeah crazy. you guys it never saw those, those pictures anyways no all right another rabbit hole for another time
2: <laughs> all right yeah let's save our rabbit holes we can't do them all at one day you know we gotta like we gotta space these rabbit holes out yeah So, anyways, I just found that really interesting because, like, I always just thought the Freemasons were some old dudes that had fancy license plates, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But, no, they're basically, it's, like, yeah, like an organization for, like, male witchy shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A very, very organized and probably profitable organization. So by the 1920s, like, the whole occult thing had kind of gone back underground. It wasn't quite so popular anymore. There had been some, like, some scandals, I guess, about, um, and some, like, infighting in some of these groups. Like, I know the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Like, um, I listened to one podcast episode, but I didn't listen to all of it because I had to get back to listening to this 100-year-old man talk. (laughs) Um, But they said, basically, like... (laughs) After you get into, like, the there's, like, the outer order, the inner order, and then there's, like, a third level, and that's where it gets kind of, like, culty. Because, like, you got this guy up there who's like, I have achieved spiritual enlightenment, and I can talk to the supreme being and tell you what he's saying. And then people started getting kind of pissed about that. Mm -hmm. And then there was just some, like, it just kind of fell out of favor.
0: Um, Part of the reason that it did is because um spiritualism had been tested multiple times and failed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the very early 19th century, they um like the two sisters, I forget their names that started spiritualism, they started they went on a tour to show off their skills and it just wasn't real. And then Houdini really hated the whole idea of the afterlife, so he and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle went on this like epic newspaper fight about whether the afterlife is real or not and then houdini died so they spent like five years trying to get the ghost of houdini Ah. (laughs) and he never showed up yeah Uh. so people are just like losing faith in the whole thing
2: Thank you for describing exactly what I was trying to describe so perfectly. So 1920s, things are kind of like fall, not a favor. But then you see like the new age rise again in the 1960s, 1970s, 1980s. We've got like yoga and rocks and Sedona, Arizona becoming Mm -hmm. popular. And then um, one question that I specifically asked was 1990s. Like I remember, and you too, I'm sure, remember everything being kind of witchy and kind of like you said, goth. Um, That's when like I went and got a... Deck of tarot cards, and yep. I like had incense and stuff, and at like twelve, so that would have been yeah. like nineteen ninety four and so I looked into it hearing right yeah, yeah you know, right uh, yeah, hearing about Wicca and Wiccans um funny, this is just a side note. Wicca was uh invented by a dude in like nineteen fifty four I think his name is Gerald Gardner, mm-hmm. which is the name of our dentist. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He never ages. I know that's some weird Mm -hmm. shit right there. Mm -hmm. Wicca is
0: another thing that's a direct descendant of Hermeticism.
2: Yeah, and that is one of those things too that claimed to be based on these like ancient texts, but then was like shown to just be kind of bullshit. She's not. Yeah, Yeah. Hmm. Um, but in 1990, 8,000 people were estimate estimated to claim either to be pagan or Wiccan by 19 or by 2001. That number had jumped to 134,000. Wow. And wow. then by 2014, Pew Research put it at over a million people cl- claiming Wiccan or pagan as their belief system. All based system. on the
1: ancient texts of 1954?
2: Yep. That's fucking crazy. It's crazy, huh? <laughs> wow. Did you find out why? I well? mean, it was kind of a slow burn, right? Because 1954, this is written. Yeah. Then you've got like this... Um, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, it's a slow burn. I mean, it's like Christianity, how many
1: hundreds of years? We can't compare. They well, we did the best they could. This <laughs> is the
2: thing. This stuff has always been there, it's always been underground. And then I think it could have been just popular culture, it could have been the internet. It was like, you figure in the 90s, there's just an explosion of information. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I'm going to kind of put it is with the rise of the internet, is new people age of can, enlightenment. Yeah people are now can be exposed to things that would be my guess
1: esotericism is coming back it's here thanks internet
2: it's back it's already back well, well you can't go anywhere without like being exposed to like pagan beliefs esotericism right. mysticism the occult it's all over the place it's super mainstream right now
0: it is it's extremely popular right now mm-hmm. i i think it's a 20 year rule if something happened in 1971 everybody's going to know about it in 91 yeah so if you're Parents were in their thirties in the seventies, and they were like, "What are crystals?" And mm-hmm. like, maybe we should uh, play with the energy of the plants with Reiki. Twenty years later, when you're in your twenties, these things aren't going to be foreign and weird to you. Yeah, and it's gonna be a, the doors already open, and you can already explore how interesting that
2: is. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, plus, I think, too, going back to, you know, when we're thinking of people questioning authority, that's something that also happened in the 1800s. There's this, like, rise in um, technology and medicine and all of these things. Um, and so people are just questioning the world that they are living in because everything is changing and everything is different. I think that's also happening nowadays. We're in this period of change in the way we get information and in the way that we see things. We're in a period of time where we're can questioning what is conventional mm-hmm. and i think that really ties in hand in hand with like mysticism
1: so i'm seeing a pattern here right because you've got like the renaissance things are changing people are into the shit you've got you know the the every time like that, the
2: industrial that, revolution yeah
1: the age mm-hmm. of enlightenment the industrial revolution like all of these like important times where things are changing people are also picking up like this this uh mystic insight people mm-hmm. are looking for answers and they're finding them,
0: right? It happens after a whole lot of people die.
4: Hmm.
2: So we'll see maybe mm. another... after the Civil War, after Vietnam is when mm-hmm. New Age happened. Yeah, we will see another one after this pandemic. Yep. And guess who's been there doing it all along?
3: Slow the burning.
2: Underneath it all, U.S. games. U.S. games. <laughs> <laughs> and then last, if you are interested, there is a couple in the great state of Florida. Who have revived the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Fuck yeah. Their names are Chick and Tabitha Cicero. Not their real names. Sure. Yeah. Um, Chick is this is the hundred-year-old guy that I was listening to. I swear to God, he's fucking at least a hundred. It was painful listening to this podcast episode, but so fucking interesting <laughs> to listen to him talk. He started out like practicing magic way back in the 60s. He practiced magic for he was like super into it, practiced. Joined the Freemasons like 30 years later, and he's like, "That's when I went to the next level." Then 1998, I think it was, they officially rebooted the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn.
1: Just in time for Y2K. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's when all the
1: power mm-hmm. happened.
2: Um. So yeah, I mean, you can go join up with that right now. You can go on their website. They make like uh, like witchy tools if you want to buy some tools for doing stuff. They make them by hand, some,
1: like witchy tuck pointing.
2: they got all the freemason tools a little little hammer and chisel yeah and that's all i got
1: well shall we brew some fortunes
2: (laughs) (laughs) do you have anything you want to add teresa
0: no i mean the the whole thing about um why tarot got popular fascinates me because i was born in 1982 So the 80s were very entrenched in Satanic Panic. Mm -hmm. Like Everybody was terrified of Dungeons and Dragons. And because they were terrified of it, and it was all manufactured because it's Reagan era, like Mm -hmm. everybody was so conservative. So you have the grown-up saying that this is all horrible things and you should never, ever look at these drawings that some dude did. And then you have kids that are like, these are just drawings and it's fun. And then everything that's scary... Twenty years later is mainstream. Yeah, it takes that long to get into the blood. Mm-hmm. And the the writer wait was published in the Wait Smith. Excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> was published in 1909. Second printing was 1910, and it printed consistently until 1971, when it was the copyright was up and it was bought by U.S. Games. It has never been out of print. Yeah, so people have consistently been buying that deck for some reason since 1971. Yeah. U.S. Games was created to make that deck for the New Age movement. Mm -hmm. And then the next big deck was the Aquarius. And that was 1970. No, that was 68. That was a different publisher. And then the next one was 79. And then consistently decks were coming out every couple years until... Um, 2011, when people started making their own decks. So it went from being esoteric knowledge that you have to learn from in books to this is just something that everyone understands and knows within them already. And that switch is why we have cat decks and Furby decks and
4: (laughs) Kawhi decks,
0: because it's so specific to the person. And once... You remove that, like, it's satanic and that it's an ancient Egyptian thing and it's connected to Crowley and, like, all this stuff. You're just left with that there's information on pieces of paper that, if you think about it, you can get stuff from.
2: Yeah, and on your podcast, one of your episodes what I thought was really interesting when you were kind of explaining tarot and um, how to do tarot and everything else, like one thing that I really liked hearing you say was, it's just paper. It's just paper. Just like tap into your intuition and yep. like what do you, what is coming to you? Like let down your guard, mm-hmm. let down like feeling like you have to be right and just go with whatever is coming to you. Yep. And I think, I think for somebody who's interested in tarot or who wants to be interested in tarot, Gives people permission to just do it mm-hmm. instead of be bogged down by am I am I spiritual enough? Am I mystical enough? Am I philosophical enough? This you reminds know? me
1: of like the Lego Movie. <coughs> you know, you just gotta clear your mind.
2: Yeah, be the too. master builder. Yeah,
1: yeah. Just reach down deep.
2: That's Marcus's favorite movie, by the way. I know. Mm-hmm. I identify I like, with the main character. You
1: know, so the
0: crackle.
2: Much.
1: <laughs> it hurts. Uh-huh. I
4: know.
0: It, I just, I want to remove some of the mystery around tarot. That's like my whole thing. Yeah. Because it's a picture. Like you've been hearing since you were a kid, a picture is worth a thousand words. So what are the thousand words? Make up a story. It's not a big deal. If we go in a museum and I shut my eyes and you walk me through some rooms and you sit me in front of a painting, that's tarot. What does the painting say? And like, there's, there's so many theories about why it works because it works. And there's, you know, that. Beyond the symbolism on the actual cards, some people think that the card is blank until you turn it over. Some people think that it's your energy as a person that changes the cards the way they should be, which I like because I'm a fucking mystic. But it doesn't matter, and they're all connected. In, I mean, I could add 40 minutes.
1: Sure.
4: So I'll stop. Schrödinger's so sure.
1: deck.
0: I'm I'm super into the archetype theory. The the majors work because every human being lives the exact same life, just in a different order. We all go through the same shit. Majors are, it's major arcana, it's major secrets. Minor is lesser secrets. The, the podcast is ninth arcana because that's the hermit because I stopped reading cards and I totally forgot how because I lost all confidence that I had in myself fundamentally. So I just couldn't read anymore and it pissed me off. So I'm like, I'm going to relearn this. And the ninth arcana is the hermit. And the hermit is about going into the cave and doing the work and figuring out the shit. And the actual pulling of the card and the confidence that you have in yourself as a person that it's going to be okay and like being vulnerable and being open is why the card works. Like I've read at festivals and I've had people come up to me. I've had dudes come up to me and be like, I don't believe in this shit. Prove it to me. (laughs) well no yeah (laughs) it's not possible i can't prove it to you You, i will not read your cards like i'll refuse their money i've had that happen a lot of times and but when you come and you're open you're like oh this looks weird and interesting what is this it's all about the energy of the person that's in front of you if you're reading for somebody else if you're pulling for yourself it's about being honest with what you see in the cards and not what you want to see in the cards
4: Mm. well shall we read some fortunes that's
0: how you read Let's
2: brew some fortunes.
1: Modest Coffee roasts the highest quality single-origin coffees without the snobbery. They take the guesswork out of buying specialty coffee by carefully curating green coffees and sorting them to one of their tiers based on cupping score, price, flavor notes, and roast level. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Pip pip chewio!
2: All right, we haven't opened up the package even. We wanted to, it to be as authentic to our podcasting as possible. I'll open this, and then I'm going to hand it to you, Teresa, for okay. your initial reveal. I'm going to do my little, like, 15-second meditation so that I can do <laughs> What we do is um, an olfactory reveal, usually, where we <laughs> smell the I love that we're coffee. applying
1: the rules to these decks. <laughs> so we
2: have to somehow can't. the artistic reveal. Yeah.
1: And you have to be positive. <laughs> About what you see in the coffee
2: set. Here, I'll let you finish unboxing.
1: And be the olfactory or the visual reveal.
2: All right, Catrice is opening the box. I, I have it. a United States Postal Service box. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is paper.
1: Crinkle paper. Ooh, save From that.
2: Bowling. Did you guys? Okay. Um, I save any packing paper I get so I can reuse those it. That's our big boy work. cards. Yeah, those are gigantic. Those These are, are big. huge.
0: These are. Um, Much larger than a lot of cards.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So does that mean they're more powerful? What?
2: Where is the box? They just come in a Ziploc bag. What the fuck? These are. I don't know where you bought these. The Internets. Um, They came from a company in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, okay, oh, that's, that's all a, I know. That's the that explains
1: it. You know, city. In, in I don't. So
2: I don't know if they make them or if they just sell them.
0: Um, well, usually they come in a box, <laughs> and the box says who made them <laughs> and who published them. These did not. Okay. There's Reading nothing. There's no. Says,
2: there's no guidebook, which is the unusual. Game crafter. Okay. There's usually a guidebook. I see a bear for the five of water. Is that a bear who spilled, who spilled his coffee? <laughs> yes. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, let's how, how do they smell? No, they smell, no, they smell no like guidebook. cheese.
1: No guidebook. Beer? They smell, smell like cheese. <laughs> smell like cheese.
2: <laughs> they smell Sorry. like plastic. Oh. Probably because they're encased in plastic. Um the cardstock is a little thin. It does uh, look a little thin, yeah. It's mm. a
0: little bit thin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um it's the printing is just fine, though. You can see the pictures just fine. It looks like they are um, colored pencils, colored pencil artworks. Hmm. I Don't know what this is. It's can, just... wait, can
2: I see the back of one of those cards real quick? Yeah. Is
1: that a mocha pot? Uh,
2: no. So the back of the card, it has a coffee mug. It has, um, like a. Oh yeah. Like an upside down one, and then a regular, a right side up coffee mug on top of it. It's like
1: an Australian version.
2: It's made, yeah. It's made in like this weird swirly. I don't know. Maybe it's trying to be steam or milk or something. And then I'm getting kind of, um, I'm getting like uh, female genitalia vibes from this drawing. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I thought too. I got, That yeah, is a uterus. We, yeah, we got some like stuff going on As down here, <laughs> and then we got like a coffee bean that's got some vibes going on there and a heart i mean i do think women's genitalia there's a lot of heart there uh the red all of this (laughs) this whole thing oh wow whoa whoa i have the five (laughs) of fire and they're having a coffee fight wait they're they're throwing
1: making up shit now five of fire
2: the five of fire yeah i'll explain
1: (laughs) you can fucking do that it's fire yes
2: it's fire normally a pip. Like lower arcana, uh, is that a cup? not really, sort of. Or is fire one of the
0: uppers? Do you want a little explanation, a medium, or a big? <laughs> little, little, okay. little explanation is. You can call it whatever the fuck you want. Okay. There. Um. This is obviously an independent deck. There's no guidebook. The majors are not normal majors, so I have no idea which major <laughs> is which. Oh. Um, this is uh... the numbering is fine so far. There's two through ten. I don't see any court cards, which is weird. Um, <laughs> so every, each each suit is connected to a whole bunch of other things. Like there's um, the the two are yens and two are yangs, Two oh, are okay. active and two are passive. Water is cups. Fire is wands. Air is swords. Oh. And Earth is pentacles. I
2: see. Yeah, I saw that oh. in my research that there's like those uh, the correlation.
0: Yeah. And there's tons of them. Like each one also correlates to like I'm a Pisces. that's a water sign. So I'm cups. Mm, okay. And then there's um, planets. There's flowers. Like if you pick up like a real big tarot book that is old school and has all the old stuff, it'll tell you all the correspondences. Mm. Um,
2: yeah, this is the coffee tarot deck, by the way. There's yeah. not a whole lot of coffee tarot decks out there. This is the <laughs> only one that I found. What the Maybe fuck? I should have looked on Etsy. Because there. I just looked on the general internets, and this is what I got. Mm.
3: Well, it smells terrible, and
2: <laughs> I don't yeah, know what it smells like. like
1: VOCs, for sure.
2: Wait, wait. No bad reviews of VOCs. They make people feel re- ha- sometimes have a lot of fun. Um, a lot of fun with VOCs.
1: Is there a Proposition 65 warning on this? <laughs> what
2: does that mean? There would be if there was
3: a box.
1: <laughs> That's the California warning, where it's like, Prop 65, this product contains uh, 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 something that will give you cancer. Right. Which is like everything.
0: It's I definitely have a little bit of a headache, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very sensitive to smells. Um, this is Coffee Tarot, the Grande Edition by Ron oh, and Janet Boyer. CoffeeTarotDeck.com. So maybe oh. there's mm. an ebook online or something.
2: Yeah, so it sounds like the place I bought it from probably bought it from them like a wholesale Oh, I see. They're like a reseller. Because as far as I could tell, the place I bought it from in Madison is some sort of a game store. Oh, Oh, cool. Yeah, and I think they have a brick-and-mortar location as well because I could have picked up in store. Can you count
3: those for me? Sure can. Are you going to be able to accurately tell our (laughs) fortune without a guidebook and... (laughs) <laughs> um, I don't need a guidebook because I'm an intuitive tarot reader. Okay,
0: great. Um, so this this also brings in, if you want to learn tarot, if you want to traditionally learn tarot, you should go to the bookstore and buy a Rider-Waite deck, a Waitsmith deck. <laughs> it's hard, right?
2: After you've been calling it one thing for so long to yeah. switch. I find I was having a hard time yeah. switching too. It's It's the RWS, whatever. Pixie's deck. Go buy Pixie's deck
0: and pull a card and look it up and like spend your day thinking about how that card corresponds to your life Mm. that's how you learn tarot i never did that i simply bought a deck thought it was cool decided to start reading i got my first deck when i was 14 and i put it on my walls and i started reading cards eight years ago when i got into it again and i never read a tarot book
2: Wait, is that an otter with a ter- with a coffee cup that yeah, I'm it is. looking at? I
1: counted there's sixty one. Okay. Okay.
0: So the Waitsmith is the deck that all decks are, are based off of because that's the one that's been in print since nineteen seventy one. So if you look at decks from the sixties from the seventies, eighties and nineties, it's the same. If you look at decks in the last 10 years, people just did whatever the hell they wanted Mm, to do. mm -hmm. And the rise in Oracle decks has made people think that tarot decks can be Oracle decks, which annoys me, but whatever, it's just cards. (laughs) Tarot decks are 22 majors and 56 minors. If they don't have those two numbers, they are not tarot decks. Mm. So this is an Oracle deck because the majors are not the cards that are the majors, and there might be correspondences, and that's fine, but I don't have a guidebook to say, mm. like, this would be the emperor, but it's actually the bean. Okay. So I can't, like, this. <laughs> so,
4: so
1: the language, there's a language barrier. There's a
0: language barrier because I can't know what they mean. But at the same time, it's just a picture. So if we pull seeking, we can just think about what seeking is. I just can't correlate it to tarot.
2: Mm. Oh. it's just a picture
0: but this is an oracle deck this is not a tarot deck
2: what's it what's their website called i'm gonna see if i can if they do have a little guidebook coffee
0: tarot deck dot
2: com and it's not it's not a
0: bad thing it's just it's not like super traditional tarot mm-hmm. and it's it's very likely um independently made it, it may have been a kickstarter which it, is
2: it's mm. on etsy it is on etsy cool i should have just bought it from them directly um A PDF of keywords available? Okay. Let me see. Digital companion book. There we go. Wait. That's perfect. What? It says it's sold out. It says it's digital. How is it sold sold out? out. (laughs) What the fuck?
0: So so then at this point, you have an Oracle deck that you're going to intuitively rate.
2: (laughs) Oh, it says it's an instant download. Wait, I can't buy it. Wait, what? You're going to make me buy this? Don't buy it. I'm not buying it. I can't anyways. (laughs) Ah, Jesus. So the way that... There is a book, though. It does exist. That's good. Yeah. The Age of Earth. Okay. There is a book that you can buy, but it's digital and out. Oh, wait. There. Yeah. $25. Whoa. So you can spend $50 on the deck, and then you can spend an additional $25 on the companion book download. You spent $50 on this deck? Yeah. That's... that's, This is why we (laughs) need more people signing up on Patreon. Wow.
0: That's what these are. Because... I mean, it's a lot of printing.
2: Okay, yeah, these cards do have yeah. a have an aroma to them. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is a uh, it is a uh, I'm about to get lose some brain cells type yeah. of aroma. I feel like
1: we should what start is... taking the money that we spend on bullshit and just like start giving it to ourselves. Can <laughs> we
2: just do that? <laughs> this is uh, not bullshit. This is, is education. What is going on with this this picture here? Are these like ants? It's coffee beans. The tradition card. Yeah. Huh. I don't it understand. Fits. These cards are okay. These this cards are is not a weird. bad review, but these cards are creeping me out. It's a
0: it's a well executed deck. It's not a deck that I would buy, but the artwork is perfectly fine. The words correspond with the artwork. It's it's a good Oracle deck for people who like coffee.
2: Is it though?
1: <laughs> can you uh, that's my good review <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: you know I, what I think it's a really great deck for somebody who wants to be fucking like totally weirded out and confused yeah like if you want to start out your tarot journey with, <laughs> like in a state of other, utter confusion so that as you move on to other places like they seem like they make more sense this is a great deck to start with this that's is not a, a bad review
0: this is a good oracle deck Yes. Oracle decks. This is an or. I'm, that's like yeah. one of the few things I'm really stickler about. Is tarot has a system. Oracle has no system. It has whatever system the artist made for it. I have many. I. I mean, I have over a hundred decks, and fifty of them are probably oracle decks. I love oracle decks.
1: Okay. So is. So, is there juju in these decks? Can you pull? Can you get a reading from these? I'm sure I can
2: get a reading from these.
1: Okay. So that. So that's got would, some good juju. I'd
0: much rather read
1: with
2: a real deck. Sure. I found a picture. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What did you find? I found the eight of fire. Uh-huh. And um it has a company called the Expresso Coffee Company. No, it doesn't. no yeah. it doesn't. The the coffee company is called the Expresso Coffee Company. Is
1: it um Maybe because
2: they ship it express.
1: Is the um eight of fire made to irritate you?
0: <laughs> the eight of fire. So eight is the number of um ambition. Okay. And fire is passion. So eight is the eight of Wands, is the card, like, if you are asking about a business opportunity or something, that's the card that's like, do it now. Do it
2: fast. Do it now.
1: Mm-hmm. Expresso. Yeah.
2: <laughs> there is some correlation, I'm sure. Oh, uh,
1: fucking uh, A. Ah,
2: ah. Oh, these are just archaeologists making a, a, an archaeological discovery. What is it? Three of Earth? Three of Earth. It totally creeped me the fuck out. But they're in Yemen, so they must have just found some Yemeni coffee buried with, with a dead body. With a dead body. This is giving me pilgrim bugs. Mm-hmm. Not unlike the pilgrim. <laughs> it's kind of. So this is the three of pens.
0: The, the three of pentacles is an image of three people standing in what looks like a cave. It's one of the few cards that's not outside. And there's three pentacles. And it's like a business meeting. They're oh. talking about um, what they're going to work on and what they're going to do together. Oh, you're mm. just
1: pulling all the business cards, Jenny. Interesting.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. What else you got, what's Jenny? What's
1: that? we're getting a reading right live reading three right of now.
0: fire I so like that's that pirate that one makes sense too so that one's a three of wands three is the number of manifestations so one is um like when you have an idea within yourself two is when you tell the idea to a friend and three is when you start a fucking podcast mm. three is the first thing towards it actually happening okay ten of air um air is swords
4: what
2: the fuck is going There's on? There's swords in his head. That's
3: a really weird.
0: My nine-year-old yeah. pulled that card today. Honestly, this one, this yeah. exact one, ten of ten I of mean,
3: swords. This picture, though,
0: <laughs> no, that picture was a
2: salamander
0: with ten swords stuck in it.
2: And oh, he is was that like, why this guy uh, has like yeah. fucking a corkscrew sticking out of his yes. brain? That's where's one the, of the swords? Where's the top of his skull? Oh, in his coffee cups? Oh. Was he drinking out of the top of his skull? No, he's not. I'm <laughs> just, just kidding. Just pour it
0: onto his head. The 10 of air is swords. Um, There's two like more positive suits and there's two somewhat negative like you should watch suits. And swords is definitely the you should watch. The 10 is the last number in the number sequence. Um, And depending on if you're reading from ace to king or king to ace, it's either the thing that happens after the thing, like nine is the end of the cycle, and the 10 is the thing that happens after the cycle. It's like the conclusion. So the 10 is whatever happened... That is the state you're in right now.
2: Well, what are these fucking people are like dancing at a wedding Sugar. and one guy's holding a Mister Coffee. See the
0: difference between cups and swords. That's it's the a party. S- they're tens. That's the reception after oh, the wedding. Jesus. Ten of cups is about celebrating. Who you actually are instead of who you're trying to be for everybody else.
2: Oh, we've which, got a we've got a roasting card wheeled you, card. I have no roasting idea. Wheel. That That's would be you a wheel guys. Of fortune. What? Is, oh, maybe it is oh, the, it wheel of the wheel fortune. Oh, be the wheel fortune. Oh, Marcus has got. It. Maybe this is what we're meant to do today: is figure out which <laughs> one is which. <laughs> well, we can all decipher together if
0: we. I mean, I can tell you the real meanings behind. Now I'm confident that I know what these mean. Tradition? Let me see the rest
2: of these. Time. What would tradition be? Tradition
0: is probably probably the hierophant,
3: mm-hmm. the pope. Talk about this one. We're passing it Ooh, over. This is the one that Talk this about calls fucking, out to Steph. Okay, this one's. I I just am, what is? Johnny handed it to me, and I had been looking at it earlier because like there's like the picture of God creating Adam, and he's like spitting coffee into Adam's <laughs> coffee cup. But what's on Adam's lap? Four of Cups. It looks
2: like a Masonic apron <laughs> <laughs> with
3: tassels.
4: Oh, Fringe.
2: Fringe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Well, well, okay, this is like <laughs> Teresa's <Yeah. laughs> face. And then there's like a brown colored guy that is naked with a coffee bean for a head. It's he has a- no head. He just has a coffee bean. It's, it's a-, a coffee bean with a left boob out. There you oh, go.
1: This is this is giving me my And guess what, guys? There's a lot sure. in here.
2: There's a there's a picture of a muscly arm for strength with a guy's name written on it. And it says Marcus. Ooh. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it says strength. Juan. That's one for a minute Juan sorry Valdez.
0: so stuff the four oh, is that of water what it is is the four of cups the four of cups is about not seeing an opportunity that's coming
2: oh mm. seven of fire is fucking creeping me out too let's i got zombies and a woman holding brain fuel coffee can it's called brain one. fuel all
1: right let me let me let me pull she's fighting one. off let me pull a card yeah
3: i'm, I'm, pulling I'm, pulling, pulling. I'm, I'm just going them. through
0: Here's here's the well, I have to say, there esoteric has, weirdness that there,
2: I have to there is no shortage of interesting things to to look at in these cards. <laughs> no, these are pretty they're fun. They're, they're fun. I like
0: them. I love a very specific niche anything. It's cool. <laughs> huh.
3: These cards uh While Um, you're shuffling, I just want to say that I was looking through this um, Visconti deck, and it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Isn't it pretty? I feel like we need more gold leaf in the world. Yeah, I agree.
1: I can you imagine those? Oh
3: yeah, I (coughs) didn't get to look at these. No, you're good. Can you imagine those when
0: they were made? Wow! Like, i don't know how big they were mm. they were they work hard so they're probably about this big mm. but handmade gold leaf oh wow. these are so pretty they're Dope. so gorgeous Crazy. okay i feel
2: like i'm gonna buy these just because they're amazing i'm gonna buy this reproduction deck i got that one at hoof and horn hoof and oh. horn oh you did yeah oh i'll have to just head on over there to buy it cool new um business expense. new store <laughs> in downtown aurora hoof and horn Check it out. Go check it out. And apparently they have the fucking coolest decks of tarot cards, too. This is really cool. Yeah. That one's great. <sighs> mm-hmm. It's the
0: IJJ Swiss. It was printed in 1971. It's a mm-hmm. replication of the De Marseille. And mm. I was like, I have an ancient tarot deck. Oh, mm. my God. And I don't. It's reprinted. Right. And like this one I found, I think I was like 20. I found this one in a thrift store. Ooh. It's the Russian tarot of St. Petersburg. Ooh. The That's devil cool. is Stalin.
4: <gasps> <Awesome>. No way. <laughs> it's awesome. You can take it out.
0: This is fucking amazing. But I That's legit, so cool. I was like, this is so old. It was printed in 72. <laughs> like, If it says US Games on it, it's not old.
2: Oh. But, but it's still cool. It's still cool. Because that would be, that would st- even if it's not old in time, it's still probably, what, would it be original? Well, no, it is. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's like an original printing, like it's yeah. not a reproduction? Right. Yeah, because of the time period.
0: And there's, um, if you go to tarot.com, you can look up any deck and see, like, who made it, when it was made, what's different about it from the other deck. That's so cool. They have a really comprehensive list of different Was it the
1: Emperor or the Devil? The devil. Okay, I'm looking for I just found the Emperor.
2: Alright. Okay. Am I looking at it? Do you it? do one by one? Um yeah, I'll go first. Okay. Oh man, I got a boring one. Aww. Queen of Air.
0: Oh, that's a good one. I mean
2: <laughs> I was hoping for something really weird, but it just is a pretty no, normal. This is fucking perfect. It's All right, the, cool. the, the it's Queen of
0: Swords. This is the feminine like pentacle of intelligence. Oh. Swords is about it's air, so it's intelligence and it's information and it's not emotion and it's not wishy-washy it's like decision is made moving forward
2: all right i'm a decision maker mm-hmm. you yeah. sure are you are Good absolutely job. the that's computer. like
1: your perfect card now does that one go back in the deck
2: what the fuck
1: <laughs> a blank card
0: oh so i'm assuming that that is the ace of air because i didn't see any aces so that is the beginning of knowledge and intellect it's like something's coming that you'll have to make a decision on or use your brain and not your emotions for. Oh. We
3: each got you can pull, cards, a huh?
0: one. <laughs> pull a second one. pull a second
3: one? Yeah, pull.
1: Let, Should let we have Steph pill a second? What, so I
0: have, when we pull a card and it doesn't give a ton of information, and aces are usually like that, my personal philosophy is that there's an energy field around everyone and as uh, a sensitive, PTSD, hyper person, I'm also psychic because I can see things that haven't happened out of paranoia. And with that, you tap into the energy of the person around you. And if there's a card that's too simple, that means pull another card, basically. So we ask for clarification.
3: Ah. <laughs>
1: another ace.
3: I got this crazy one. Three of Earth. Three of Earth. That's not one of the... Oh, it's that guy. finding the...
0: So three of Earth. Three is manifestation, something coming in. Earth is um, pentacles. So that has to do with money. And like I'm thinking about Jakar... (laughs)
3: <laughs> one of our cars is broken down right now.
0: <laughs> oh, no. So, oh. a decision about money? Yeah, you, you're going to have to make a Jason's, decision.
2: Jason's car? Jason's car, yeah, Good. not my car. <laughs>
0: about, about something having to do with earthly material things. <laughs> oh. Okay. Holy okay. shit. Okay. This
3: could just be related to Christmas shopping, fun. maybe. <laughs> very possible. <impressive. laughs>
1: oh, my turn. Your turn. Oh, okay. What that one here.
3: Fuel. So Cheers.
0: this is one of the majors that isn't a major. I really don't know what this would correspond with.
1: <laughs> but, but well, there's 61 it. cards. This might just be an extra one too. <laughs> Bonus. Right?
0: Could we? No, there was 22 majors. So oh, okay. Can we go with something or they don't at all?
2: But what are some of the minors? Or maybe there's more majors than there's, than you than there should be. Well, no, the, we
0: counted them. Um, Marcus counted 61 minors, and I counted 22 majors, which is correct. Oh, so okay. there's extra um, minors, somehow.
1: Um, so.
2: so, Fuel, what in the regular tarot deck would be something blasting off into outer space <laughs> from a concert? Is that a concert? Or are they just watching from... You know, like that 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 blast off point. Oh yeah, Cape Canaveral. Rocking.
1: You know, (laughs) I'm. I'm I'm, I'm about to launch, or I'm already launching. I'm like already on the next journey.
0: There you go. Intuitive tarot. I'm. I'm gonna ask for clarification. (laughs) Let's
2: go back
1: to the well. Let's see here at this one.
0: Wake up call. Another one. That,
2: okay, the,
1: okay. Oh, man. I'm just pulling all these unnamed majors. I know. I'm, I'm a major. Get it right. <laughs> That's
2: what it is. You. <laughs>
1: oh, call, uh, coming back from the death and there's a fucking angel of coffee mercy. Wait,
2: let me take a picture
1: again. Here we go. I got another one. The moon this time.
2: The moon is a
0: real card. <laughs> That's a real
1: card. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. He got Buzz Aldrin. Going off yeah. to outer space, coming back from the dead
2: hold up. on the moon. All three, Marcus.
1: Here, dude, I'm, I'm rocking it. So do I need more clarification?
2: Can you
1: no, I know what the moon means. Okay.
0: <laughs> so fuel, you decided what it means, and that's, that's fine.
2: I do find it interesting that he's got one that's blasting off and then also one that's already made it to the moon. To the moon. Well, what's
0: interesting is that you pulled three majors
1: that's how fucking major i am <laughs>
2: major
0: majors are majors are the archetypes they're images that as a human person you can tie it to something that you understand so like um a wake up call might be judgment because oh mm, feels feels right that makes sense um the moon is is a real card the moon i just recorded for the podcast it's about like the hermit is about going in and being introspective the moon is like doing too much mushrooms and just dealing with shit and just waiting it out it's like really hard lunatics werewolves just stay on the path and you're gonna be okay
1: huh, i have no choice no mm-hmm. you don't sorry where i'm at it's where i'm at in my life <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: cool pull one for yourself for yeah. myself yeah Let's see what the coffee deck has to say for you.
3: (laughs) Stick with (laughs) Coca-Cola. You don't like coffee anyway.
0: So when I pull, usually the cards aren't this big, I shuffle (laughs) until something happens. And that could be one of them flipping over. That could be dropping it. Like that. Hmm. Oh, and
2: one fell over upwards? No? That
0: one's not your card? Those don't count. Oh. They're on the ground. Everybody does it differently. Um, some people have a lot of ritual around it. Mm. Um, like, I'll shuffle a new deck nine times, I'll tap it three times and shuffle it nine times, and mm. then I'll cut it three times. Mm. And then I'll shuffle it. Mm. And it's just, I don't know. Numbers. I like numbers. I got the seven of air. Seven of air. So seven is the number of the universe. So there's... I. Not religious. I don't know anything about Christianity other than the bad things. Um, But there are seven notes on a scale and seven colors in a rainbow. And all things are light and sound. So seven is the number of the universe. Air is swords. So that's mind and intelligence and making a decision. So this is about making a decision that will affect my whole universe.
2: Is that like a Super Mario Brothers type <laughs> scene, like vibe yeah, with an upside down cross? Oh gosh! Ooh. Really? And you it's, it it's pixelated. You?
1: Yeah, or is that a s- sword?
0: <laughs> it's probably a sword. Yeah. Oh okay. Wow! I see an upside down cross. <laughs> <laughs> I saw an upside down cross too. Yeah, seven of swords. Oh, okay. All right.
2: That's well, a sword is
1: an upside down cross.
2: Yes, it is. Mm. Anyways. The 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 instrument of the devil.
0: The ones that fall on the ground, they're called droppers. Okay. And um, it could be like an extra thing. Mm -hmm. If I'm doing a reading for someone, it's always three cards. And if I drop one at the end, I'll pull it up and be like, and also, Mm. because this apparently wanted to be part of it, but Mm -hmm. only
2: if it falls face up. So what did your face up card have to do?
0: Um, Four of Earth. This is four of pentacles, which is about. Hoarding things so much that you don't participate in anything else, hmm.
1: like it's capitalism. Hmm. <laughs> oh yeah! See, look, it's grabbing onto that, oh, cup. that yeah. Is
0: a giant <laughs> cup. Yeah, my That's favorite, great. my favorite four of Earth cards is in the Luna Soul, and it's a guy in like an apartment building in the hallway, and he has bags of groceries, and he's staring at the door because he's gonna have to put groceries down to open the door, and it's about like letting something be vulnerable so that you can move forward mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
2: and in that case it's just somebody with a giant cup of coffee that's yeah. not going to share but he definitely
0: can't use his hands how's he going to yeah. drink it mm-hmm. right, right. Mm-hmm. can't you can't do shit you just hoard it four of cups you're stuck and four is about like all the numbers have a meaning and they have a like a positive and a negative everything's duality so the four is stability it's like a table there's four legs on a table i remember
1: that from one of your episodes recently yeah
0: i just did this one like two weeks ago oh okay there you go but you can't always be settled if you're settled you're stagnant and if you're stagnant you get bed sores
4: Mm. like you have
0: to move eventually things aren't perfect all the time and they can't stay that way Cool.
1: Mm It was fucking cool.
0: Look,
2: the coffee tarot works.
0: It does work.
1: It does
4: work. Everything
0: works. I could tell your fortune with a fucking Uno deck. Like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. We can walk around your house and pull up pictures off the walls, and you can spin around and point, and that's your fortune. That's why it's it's not a fortune. It's not magic.
1: It's just a card.
0: It's just a card. Yeah. It's just a picture. You can take from it whatever you want.
2: (gasps)
1: Well, um, is that our episode?
2: I guess that's our episode. Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: Well, who is this tarot deck for?
0: (laughs) This tarot deck is for people who do not need to have the 78 card system to read cards.
2: I think this is a tarot deck for... Uh, mothers-in-law who are gift shopping <laughs> for their children and they happen to see it in a gift shop and are like, oh my god, you like coffee! The heart, the heart I know to who buy. wants this! Yep. And so that mother-in-law buys it for their their coffee fanatic family member Wiccan. and is, yeah, their coffee fanatic Wiccan and it's like, look what i found for you! It's perfect! You're so hard to buy for! <laughs> You're into like witchy stuff, and you're into coffee. It's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect.
3: I think it's really cool that you can get a tarot deck based on whatever random thing you're into. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that, and I think it's awesome. And
1: although we keep calling it tarot deck, I think I think Teresa is like you said, oracle deck. Oracle deck. Oracle deck. Pardon me. Because it's not the system. There's too many cards.
3: I just I think it's cool that you can um, support different artists. Yep. While purchasing something that is, um, you know, a fun game or whatever. That, yeah, cool. Good job. Good job finding this weird ass crazy deck.
2: <laughs> it's the only one I could find on the internet. Mm-hmm.
1: Well. You know, if you know one of those people, you can find this on the internet as well. Um, Also, you can find uh, Teresa Ninth Arcana on Spotify. And you can find us. And
2: other places. Podcast places. On
1: Spotify and yeah, wherever you're.
2: iHeartRadio. Those podcast places.
1: Wherever they are. Um, And then you found us, so, you know, we don't need to tell you, but. Um, We would highly encourage you to check out um, Teresa's podcast and the stuff that she's doing. Also, um, if you love us and more content, um, we've got Patreon, which is www.patreon.com forward slash no bad reviews. So with that, um, stay classy, San Diego.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Is that a Burt Reynolds reference?
3: (laughs) No. Anchorman. Anchorman. Uh, uh, <laughs> thanks, Jenny. This was like really awesome. And it was so cool to have an expert here. Mm-hmm. I feel like we should have more experts. <laughs> it really raises the level. It's it's nice. It does. It helps to have somebody
1: know what they're fucking talking about
3: yeah. for once. You know, it was awesome. That's true.
2: Thanks, It was Teresa. nice. Yeah, thanks, thanks for being here. That was awesome to have you. Thanks yeah. for yeah. having me. Finally, I'm so glad that we've been able to get you on, mm-hmm. like in a way that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. It was cool to hang out. I'm really happy to have had you.
0: I want to say, I don't listen to the podcast.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Will you that's the fair reason, i don't
0: either <laughs> the reason i don't listen to the podcast is cause when you guys first started and i would listen i would laugh and like sort of comment and then i realized that you couldn't hear me <laughs> so it felt like you were having a conversation without me
2: Aww. like in my
0: living room and that just felt weird and sad so i stopped
3: listening yeah. Aww. it's a that's great fair. podcast though
2: but now you're on and now you're here are I have you, to
3: listen to this episode yeah, are you gonna listen to this episode I'll probably still feel left out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're glad that we have you, and um, you're not left out. I know, I know. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody.
1: Thank you for listening to this podcast, generously sponsored by Modest Coffee, purveyors of single-origin coffee without the snobbery. Visit www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews
4: to see what they're roasting today. Enjoy.